Talks, a chat with Finance Malta, is the podcast series that gives you short, thoughtful and regular insights from leading experts of the financial services industry. I'm Vanessa McDonald. Welcome. Welcome to this edition of Finance Malta's FinTalks. And today's podcast is going to be extremely interesting. We have with us Kiriaki Nusia from the University in Reading. Kiriaki is going to be explaining to us a little bit about the implications of basically all the developments with things, for example, like artificial intelligence, etc. So I think maybe we can get straight to the point, which is, does it need to be regulated? We're going now into what you are calling the fourth industrial revolution. Where does AI fit into all of this? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Thank you, Vanessa, for inviting me in this podcast. Um, to answer your question, uh, the fourth industrial revolution is what it says. It's uh, a phenomenon that we are experiencing in real time at the moment in our lives, whether we understand and acknowledge that or not, in the sense that we are now in the first phase of it, which encompasses the virtual reality. And for example, we have been interacting with the Internet of Things and with various applications. This is the way we live, transact and interact on our everyday life. And this is the digitized revolution, uh, the fourth industrial revolution, which due to the pandemic has been accelerated in terms of the pace within which it is occurring. So it is a very topical, and a very, let's say, urgent matter to address. Uh, we want to be part of this revolution within which we are anyway, but we want to make the most of it. And as I said, this is the digitized revolution. AI is part of it, is one of the tools of realizing the goals of this industrial revolution. And AI needs to be regulated, in my opinion, in order to offer the biggest potential and to have the biggest impact, positive impact for society and for people. It must be incredibly, I mean, it's easy to say, let's regulate it, but I don't even know where we would start. If you look at things like uh, the writer's strike, for example, um, at the moment, because they don't want scripts to be written by AI. If you talk to teachers who are worrying about um, plagiarization and, and, and even art and music being created by AI. How on earth would you regulate it? Isn't it just free speech? I mean, it's like whack-a-mole trying to stop things. Thank you for your question. Well, uh, there are already um, laws and instruments at either local, that is national legislation level, or regional at EU level, or even international. And there is the need for even more uh, laws, even more bespoke specific uh, regulation. Let me explain a bit why the need to regulate AI within the fourth industrial revolution. So as I said before, the opportunities offered by the fourth industrial revolution pose themselves the need to regulate. We need to have this regulation because in the example you mentioned, we need to have an ethical framework and an ethical use and application of AI. We can't just use AI with no borders, with no, with no limitations. So if we want also to have AI embrace a large sphere of 
the users that are benefiting from it, we need to safeguard its operation and its potential harms, therefore the need to regulate. Because the justification beside the need, behind the need to regulate, is that regulation brings security, safety. These people feel that they have borders, they know what to expect, they have prescribed rights and obligations. This security and safety brings trust. Trust brings the ability to vast deployment. And AI needs to be vastly deployed to affect positively a large population, a large mass of the population. And therefore, it is only then that it will have succeeded its goal. And uh, in relation to the uh, uh, chat GPT that you mentioned, uh, this has really, as everything related to AI, has really accelerated at a very let's say, a, uh, exponential, non-anticipated rhythm and pace. And we had, if I'm not mistaken, version 3, and we were beginning to be afraid of what version 4 would be, what, whether it would take over professions. Uh, for example, uh, I have read somewhere that uh, this application uh, was able to uh, study all the legal material and sit the bar exam and pass it. So this this is also scary for, you know, not just for the writers, but also for the lawyers, but not just for that, for everything. So in Italy, uh, a few months ago, ChatGPT was banned for six months until there would be ethical uh, legal regulation around it. So this is an elaboration and a proof of how further bespoke laws are needed. I can tell you at national level there is the AI Act, there is, uh, there is uh, regulation uh, at European Union level. Uh, I am original, I'm British, but I'm also originally Greek, so I know that Greece has been at the forefront of legislating in relation to AI. And in summer 2022 they passed the law on emerging technologies because now in the next phase of the metaverse and the augmented reality, everything will happen within automated systems, autonomous systems and within eco-platforms. Also for insurance, we're going to have embedded insurance products through platforms. We will buy one main product and we will have an ancillary service, which could be insurance or something else. So uh, all this poses the need for exact regulation, for further regulation. We don't want to over-regulate in order to restrict AI because there is also the argument of those who say, hang on a minute, if you regulate that much, then it's going to be to the detriment of AI. But we just want regulation to be there to safeguard its operation and to not create a negative uh, feeling about its impact because then people are going to reject it and it's going to be a failure. Uh, now, if you allow me to say a bit about the gap in regulating AI and the impact of, on insurance, we need regulation of AI also on insurance because insurance is moving into the digitized era. And the products that uh, will uh, be digitized, they also need to operate, uh, whether it is at the underwriting, offer acceptance, underwriting or claims uh, stage, they need to operate within, again, a legal framework that will address the new risks, the new challenges, everything that will need to be further regulated. And therefore, uh, we want to avoid the risk of having products that, because of the lack of regulation, will be non-insurable. Because we want to 
the insurance industry to be able to offer the same as before and even more. Um, you're talking about uh, insurance. One of the examples uh, that I believe you're, you're, you're obviously very well versed on is autonomous transport systems, um, what we would call driverless cars, etc. That must be tremendously difficult because if you look at the liability, how to share uh, the, the cost in case of an accident, the, the, the whole algorithms that go into it. What can you tell us about that? Because it's a fascinating example. Yes. So, so as I said before, uh, in the new era of digitized uh, insurance, of insurance as an industry that uses AI for the way going forward, we need to have the insurance risks properly identified, uh, qualified and quantified, and the AI technology will need to be ethically placed and underwritten in relation to the insurance products, so as, as I said, not to have a gap in the market of products that are uh, non-insurable. So, um, in relation to the area of autonomous vehicles, which I think is one of the areas that will be uh, hugely disrupted and will be it is anticipated in a few years they will be in wide circulation in the public domain. Uh, we are anticipating the impending transformation in the road transport. It will become part of the Internet of Things and therefore we need to regulate autonomous vehicles and we need to regulate the new risks that will uh, come up in relation to insurance. Now you talked about liability if I understand well. and. Uh, what has happened is that so far some jurisdictions, some legal systems have uh, legislated uh, specific laws for the time when autonomous vehicles will be in wide uh, public circulation. Some have not, they have just tried amending their laws to include some definitions and to include some, uh, uh, let's say, new sections on liability. Uh, the UK is one of the first countries and legal systems that they decided to have a specific regime for uh, automated and electric vehicles, which applies also to autonomous vehicles. And they knew that this law would be passed and would be put aside because, of course, when this happened in 2018, it was not um, it, it was not the time. It, it, it isn't even at this moment that we had. Uh, autonomous vehicles in wide circulation in the public domain, but they said it's good to pass this law and to also start the process of consultation to see how we can make it better. And also because England and Lloyds is the largest insurance market, they had to have something in place. So in the lobbying and in the discussions before the passing of the Act, the Electric uh, Automated and Electric Vehicles Act 2018, it was decided that the insurers would be directly liable for the accidents. Where an accident is caused by an automated vehicle when driving itself, the insurer is directly liable for the damage caused. This is what is stated in Section 2.1 of the Act. The reason that the industry took this approach is because they know and they thought that when the time comes that we have fully automated vehicles on the road, we will have the chance to uh, let's say control their circulation, less accidents, less claims, and it was easier as a model to have this 
compensation, this liability allocation, and then if a third party was liable, the insurer could claim from them after they would have satisfied uh, the, the victim. And this was easier also in terms of not spending an excessive amount of time deciding how to allocate uh, uh, liability. Now, insurance, of course, plays an important role and uh, the Law Commission proposals was that uh, we have a threshold which is quite high, that we have vehicles that are safe uh, and legal and that we have also risk mitigation mechanisms in place if the user is unable to intervene and insurance is one of these risk mitigation techniques. And uh, insurance in the autonomous transport systems, which for the road transportation include the uh, automated and autonomous vehicles, is a solution with regards to the liability because the liability has now gone and will go when these operate through platforms to the manufacturers. It will be manufacturer's liability. Um, relying on the traditional product liability cannot be 100% efficient, therefore we need new laws again. We need also government intervention to have this ethical handling and regulation of the manufacturer's responsibility and liability. We can't just place it all on them and we can't also expect the insurers to take on limitless liability because remember we don't have previous data, we won't have enough data there. So there has to be some sort of cap and some sort of intervention through a scheme to avoid, as I said before, non-insurability. So yes, it, exactly. all goes back, it all goes <laughs> back to, to find what something workable. Yes, yes, how interesting. One of the other issues, um, of course, with um, any AI and also insurance and so on is the huge amount of data that the insurance sector needs to handle. So that, that must be a, an advantage no, for AI, but it brings with it um, all sorts of limitations as well. Yes, of course. I mean, part of the Internet of Things and the applications we are already using, for example, it might not be uh, driverless slash uh, autonomous vehicles, but it is e-cabs or Uber is that we are giving consent for the use of our data. So this data is continuously flowing and is continuously being used. Uh, the question is what sort of use, uh, to what extent, when and how this use will be, let's say, um, not stopped, but let's say uh, regulated. In which respect will we be allowed to, have to make this use? And we have laws already. We have the GDPR, uh, which is an excellent piece of legislation. We have also regulations. We have uh, other soft laws and guidelines. And the question here is uh, how much time are we going to use and keep this data, store it, uh, or retrieve it if there is an accident and there is the need for the data to allow us to handle the claim? In the consultation post the uh, AIVA Act, which I mentioned, the uh, Automated and Electric Vehicles Act 2018, it was decided by the Law Commission that uh, the three years limitation plus three months, so in total 39 months, was a satisfactory amount of time uh, for keeping the data. So three years, which is the time bar, usually the limitation period for uh, issuing a claim, for filing a claim, plus three months to retrieve the data. 
but a lot of issues also arise in relation to data. As I said before, how do we retain it? How do we use it? For example, if I am providing my data for an automated vehicle ride, can this data be used for accident and health insurance or for life insurance, for other lines of insurance or just for motor insur insurance? Where do we put the, let's say, the barrier? Where do we stop? Uh, and I think that uh, we need to be able to protect personal data in compliance with the GDPR uh, regulation and to be able to clearly state how the data is collected, where it is stored, how it is used, when it is destroyed, with which method uh, and uh, how it protects the users from the data to be leaked and to have uh, accidents. And, and insurance also plays a role here not uh, least in uh, uh, offering cyber coverage for hacking, for leakage of those data, for improper use, uh, etc. How fantastic. And there are also other issues. Um, for example, I was reading one of your papers where you were talking about, for example, insurance liability if cybersecurity hacks result in thefts or manipulating the, the manufacturer's algorithms. It's really quite a minefield out there. Yes, it is. And uh, cyber coverage uh, has been offered since long, but again, in, in the remit of the application of AI in insurance and of AI in, let's say, autom automated transportation systems, it is going to be a separate uh, cover which is purchased and which will also have to evolve to address all these new risks and all these uh, new uh, prerequisites and all these requirements that I've mentioned. In relation to the autonomous vehicle, the insurance has to adapt as well. Uh, in relation also to the digitization of insurance, as I said. So, as I said, first of all, we, we have a liability of the shift from the passengers to the manufacturers. That alone is uh, detecting a need for change. Uh, potential solutions with all this uh, situation where we might also not own vehicles in the future, but just use them. Uh, lease them or use them for specific transportation legs means that uh, perhaps uh, we will have single insurance policy for driver negligence and automated technology or um, safety standards and guidelines uh, which will include uh, uh, technology and cyber security and these are soft laws which are easier uh, to be, uh, they are prescriptive, but uh, they are not compulsory and are easier to be used, easier to be decided and passed and widely uh, circulated. And I think uh, I talked about government intervention in relation to the liability of the insurers and to the uh, to how we have to prevent a collapse of the market and the um, non-insurer prevent the non-insurability of products. We also have to have. A legislated data sharing arrangement to ensure reliable data use, usage and storage. And this has also to come from the government side. Kiriaki, thank you so much. You've given us an awful lot to think about. We take a lot of these things for granted. If you don't start planning for them, um, obviously then people are going to be caught out without being able to take the full advantage of all this new technology. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you, Vanessa, for the invitation. It's a pleasure to have talked to you. That's all for today. Subscribe now to the FinTalks and follow Finance Malta on all social media platforms to stay updated with all our activities. 
Till the next podcast.